So here we go. Okay, so I'm Carrie Lake, and I've put together this podcast called Animals of a New Earth for the purpose of bringing new and high, high consciousness perspective to the relationship between humanity and the animal kingdom, and to really illuminate that the animal kingdom is here in large part to assist humanity to open our hearts. There's so many different ways to look at that, and there's so many different ways to, to draw it out and make associations, but um, ultimately, this is the profound service that, that the existence of the animal kingdom is, is a reminder of here's what it's like to live with an open heart. So right. um, that's, that's what's behind me um, wanting to connect with beautiful people like Holly Shan, who's here with us. And Holly does animal communication work through her business called Compassion Speaks. And um, you'll be able to see her link as well um, in, in the text section. So Holly, thank you so much to me. Well, is there anything you'd like to say to um, uh, expand on your introduction? Um, well, let's see. Um, let's see, like I said, just, I don't think there's anything, anything too much more to, you know, to expand on. It's just, you know, it was, you know, it, it's really just my mission, you know, and the bigger calling to really close that gap of communication because there is, you know, I don't think there's a reason why we can't live, you know, harmoniously, you know, with each other, just, you know, animals and people alike. So, and it's my job to help bridge that, bridge that gap, you know, of, of that understanding. And it's not as difficult, I think, as people make it to be, and it's not as complicated, you know, I think it's a lot of, <laughs> people you know make it make it out to be so um yeah and i was just realizing here that the sound wasn't coming through my uh my earbuds it was just through the regular computer so that's why i took them off so <laughs> that wasn't the plug i thought it was in my machine that's awesome so. okay so this is so great i love everything you just said is so perfect to me the simplicity right and that that we do have an opportunity to live in harmony with the animal kingdom I could talk about that for about 1200 days. So right. tell me, um, why do you see that? Like that, that we can live in harmony. Tell me what you see that makes you say that. Because it's been done. You know, we used to do it. You know, it used to be done. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, a lot of the you know, Native American tribes, you know, they, you know, they still worked in, they worked in harmony, you know, with, with the animal kingdom. Um, and specifically, I, I can remember going to um, communicate, going to a communicating with wildlife retreat um, out in Driggs at the Earth Fire Institute mm -hmm. and Penelope, and Penelope Smith was, ho was holding um, that retreat there. Mm -hmm. And we got to sit there and commune with the bears. And, and I just fell in love with the, this one black bear. And, you know, and in that, and in the meditation with the black bears, you know, I, I could see, you know, way back when there was a time when there was this unity, you know, when they, when everybody worked together, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like you could, you know, everybody understood each other and there was still that harmony and just working together. So yeah. it has, so it has happened. And I think, and I think also in, in today's world, it still is happening, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we could use more of it. Um, when we can get a lot of the schlock and misunderstanding out of the way. Yeah, that too, because that's all it really is. It's misunderstanding, isn't it? Misinterpretation. Sure. And, 
what I see is it's misinterpretation of who we are, right? Yep. It's not a misinterpretation. Mis well, yeah, there's misinterpretation about what animals are, who animals are, what they're here for, right? You know, that they're more valuable chopped up into parts than they are as a whole being. That's all an, an economic conversation. But what I see, and I'm glad that you said this, is that um, that harmony that humanity used to experience with the animal kingdom, it still exists. It actually exists um, with availability at an even higher level of awareness than before. And that's only because of the evolution of humans at this mm -hmm. point, you know, that more of us are aware the way that you're talking about, right? Like, right. we are a little bit more tuned into compassion and that gives us a different access. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, it's like when Nancy, when Nancy Windhart talks about how, you know, how our intuitive sense, you know, the ability to communicate intuitively with animals mm -hmm. is our birthright. It's a natural born thing. And like I've told people, you know, and like, and, and I talk about this too, is that, you know, we, you know, we're born with this and the, and kids are a natural at it. They just do it. And then somewhere along the line, somewhere society says that's not possible. And then it takes time. And so it gets shut down. It gets hidden. And then later on, we rediscover that, oh, shoot, you know what? That is there and that is possible. Now, some people will say, you know what? Forget you, society. I know this is here and I know I can do this. So you go over there, eat a cookie, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, then, and for those people, fantastic. Great. I'm so glad that they've, they've never lost it and they've always been in touch with it. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, of course the people that rediscover it and say, you know what, this is real after all, mm -hmm. you know, that thing that you thought and dreamed of being possible is mm -hmm. so, and once we can get in touch with that and then you realize, Oh, Hey, wait a second. You know, the animals are communicating that way too. I understand. I understand now. Yeah, I love so, it. It's, yeah, we get taught to doubt what we know because when, especially when we're little, we can't articulate what we know. We don't have the cognition yet. We don't have the vocabulary, but the feel mm -hmm. is all there. And mm -hmm. what I love sharing with people is the, even the suggestion that it's possible to function on a foundation of sense and feel to actually feel without fear, or even if you're feeling fear, you feel fear without fearing your fear. It, you know, mm -hmm. it just, be, it becomes a conversation. It just is, yeah. It's a conversation of information through your senses, and it's just a different system. And I think this is something that it's confusing for people who think, oh, if I knew that my whole life, how come I don't know it now? Or people who will say, oh, um, like, how do I know it's not just my imagination? What I want to say, what I always say to them is, for one thing, you, it has been with you your whole life. You were just um, conditioned and your attention was taken to operate with a certain linear logical system that was, you know, reproducible in society and provable in society. But that intuitive system is still very alive. It's just it takes a little recalibration to um, recognize intuitive information sometimes in that, in that context. And yeah. And I feel, and I feel like that you, you have to strike a balance with that, right? It's like, I, like I, like I tell people all the time, you know, it's okay to be skeptical and it's okay mm -hmm. to question. Just don't be so far on the one end about it that you won't accept 
anything that mm -hmm. comes from the more ethereal, the more, you know, intuitive, intuitive place. Let me ask so, you about this. Cause it's a, it's a, another little uh, point of discernment that I love to bring to people is this idea of balance, striking a balance. Tell me what you mean by that. And um, because I want to hear what you mean by that. Sure. And it, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people think of balance as, you know, as even, mm -hmm. you know, it's like there's like 50% here and 50% here. But what I've come to feel that balance is, is balance is something that you're able to achieve and not have a feeling of overwhelm. So you can still have your, you can still do all the things that you do, but do them in such a way that it doesn't make you crazy. So, <laughs> so I feel like, so I, so I feel like balance, you know, balance is something that is personal. Mm -hmm. Um, so what's, so what is balanced for me may not necessarily be balanced for you. It may not be balanced for, you know, something else. I mean, there could be that, okay, you know, people talk about the work life balance, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have the work and that could be a big stressor or mm -hmm. it could be a big point of joy. And then you have, you know, your play, you know, and the play should be something that, you know, that rejuvenates you so that you can go back to, go back to work and, you know, and do it and do it well and not be as drained or depleted as you were. So I feel like having balance means that you can still do one thing and another and not be completely and utterly drained and sacked. Totally get that it. Reason? That's cool. So I love this because when, when there is the communication with the animals, when there's communication through the heart, all of that happens, it's not about getting a correct answer, it's about feeling what's true, right? And right. I love the conversation about the word balance for exactly this reason, because you know, when I ask you what balance is to you, it ends up that it's a feeling, right? Yep. It's not a definition, it's a feeling. And to me, what the words you used to describe balance, in my world, you're describing harmony. Okay, yeah. The word harmony. But see, this is, this is, I love bringing this up because it's a profound distinction between that logical linear system of get the word right and the intuitive system of, wait, which word best describes how it feels to me? Mm -hmm. And so it's um, the connection through the heart. And I want to talk about this. I, I really want to, um, maybe next we'll hear about how you knew that you wanted to continue to help uh, animals and presumably people, right? Um, right. Uh, compassionate communication. But this idea of letting things be in motion, work, life, relationship, relationship with self, um, uh, patterns, money, managing animals, all, managing myself, all that stuff, letting it all be in motion is what actually lets us be available for intuitive clarity when if instead we're going down the logical linear path, that's more about get it right, have control, be predictable, and make sure you don't make other people too uncomfortable, right? <laughs> Sharing even compassionate information from the heart can generate discomfort, but sometimes, but, but it's a, a discomfort that also comes with love. Do you also find that? Yeah. Um, 
because you because when you share some when you share something from you know from the heart you know when you're when you're doing when you're doing something you know with you know with with compassion with love you have to do it you know authentically and it's got you know and it needs and it needs to be the truth and there i mean grant yes there there is a finesse there is a way to you know to say it without completely and utterly you know hurting the person that you're translating to you know and so that's that's part of that compassion that's part of the care you know mm. that you need to do when you are relaying information when you're um you know when you're you know when you're communicating that because if you just i mean there are people who can be great communicators but they're just all balls to the wall they're all just plain no finesse no care or consideration for the feelings you know, of, of someone else. And I feel like that with the compassion, you need to be, you need to be aware of that. You, mm. you need to be mind, mindful of that. And yeah, and I feel like there is, there is that push to be, you know, to be linear. And, uh, and what a lot of, and a lot of things I think that's coming up now, especially when you have an entrepreneurial journey or any kind of, you know, journey where you're digging deep into the self and deep into, you know, your spirit, you realize that this is not a linear quest. You can't go, okay, you can't go A to B to C to D, and then eventually I'll just get this over here. And and the journey is a much more, you know, is a bigger labyrinth. It's a much more, you know, it is much more of a flow. And people, I feel like they kind of try to stop the flow or go against the flow or do something different. And they need to flow within themselves and within the spirit of what they're doing, mm. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, sure. Of course it does. And I... It, I think it bumps right up on that edge of discomforts for yep. people because, you know, I can hear, I can hear the collective mental egoic levels saying, um, oh, how do you do that? I'm not good at that. Oh, sure. That's so easy to talk about, but it, blah, 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 blah. and that, that is a collective, um, what's the word? It, that's a, a collective argument it, it, that people tap into as if insecurity is the norm, as if being insecure with yourself is, you know, the default. And I'd actually just had another conversation um, this morning with another amazingly beautiful woman who does uh, communication work in her own unique way. And she, she was expressing some sense of insecurity about an, a request that just came in. And in our back and forth conversation, it was profoundly compassionate because we just, we just looked at, okay, what does your insecurity want from you? If you listen to your insecurity with the same compassion that you would listen to a horse or a dog or your best friend sitting across the table having a bad day, right? It's the same feeling, isn't it? It's just from within to within and that's the place that can cultivate that compassion that you're talking about for others absolutely and i i i call that you know i call that doing your shadow work mm -hmm. you know the shat you know the the you know the shadow you know the way the way i see it is that that entity that being within ourselves that keeps us safe mm -hmm. and it's the thing that you know that wants that wants to keep us that wants to keep us comfortable and generally things you know things might have happened during our childhood that wrote that into our law that, you know, prevents us from doing things. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and so I worked on this, uh, this, this meditation, this working really to, to go inward and to have that compassionate conversation, 
you know, where to sit because people talk about, you know, I've conquered my dweller. I've conquered my shadow. No, your shadow is the integral part of yourself. Is that how you're talking about yourself? Right. You've conquered a part of you. Right. How about let's change the, change the narrative on it right. and let's talk about basing it with honor, with right. compassion, with right. respect, and have a conversation over a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Just sit and have that conversation and say, and say, okay, show me what I need to learn. Yeah. Show me what you have and face it, not with fear, although you can be a little apprehensive about it, but you face it with that sense, with that even place and say, okay, you know, show I'm me, just, you know, I'm let me, thinking. let me learn. Sorry. This is what, <laughs> thank you, Rocky. Rocky. Rocky keeping the neighborhood safe. Oh, he's yeah. keeping the whole neighborhood safe. He'd go after, <laughs> you know, he he'd take down a deer if we let him. He oh, would oh. run up a tree if we let him go get a squirrel. And mm. he's got this really neat relationship with bunnies. Mm. Um, you know, they they sit there and they go, ha ha, and he's like, but I want you. And they're going, ha ha, I'm just gonna eat my grass right here. Good thing we pet. So Rocky, mommy's on the phone. Rocky. So I'm sorry. I really should have done this from okay. a different room. No, he, it's, he's actually, his voice is not loud on this side of it. Um, okay, yeah. He's got, he's got his, low, his low growl, so he's not ballistic, which, believe me, you would hear it if he was ballistic. Yeah. So you, can, you can edit all that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just going to leave it all in. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is why I wanted to do the podcast this way and just let it be real, you know? Yeah. We want to create some facade that I am the professional and my clients don't have this ability. I think those of us that are, are um, at a certain level of accomplishment and relationship in relationship with ourselves it's, um, I get to see even for myself more and more what it means to be gifted. Mm-hmm. And to me, it means having gifts to share. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, f- I feel like when, when you're at a point when you have this, then I feel like it's a responsibility to share. Mm. Because and I feel like, okay, if you're not, if you're not going to share it, then why bother teaching? You well, know, or why, or, 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 or almost why bother? I mean, I don't know if that's a daft question to ask, it's a, it's a bit of a human twist on the energy of the freedom to share, you know, because humans have these opinions about ourselves of, you know, what's my purpose and what am I here for and how do I earn my keep and the, and responsibility and, and there's lots of ways to noodle that out and talk about it, you know, like responsibility is the ability to respond and, and that's all good. But ultimately what made sense to me when I was a a kid like 11 and 12 where natural national geographic was god kind of you know that because i i would tune into the animals and the cultures that were being shown on the screen and i would i'd be like tell me about yourself show me everything about you how does this feel how does a cheetah feel how does the gazelle feel and and what made sense to me the the way the logic came together is that nature doesn't endow individuals with gifts for them to keep gifts to themselves. Mm -hmm. And another way I've seen it written is, you know, the tree does not eat its own fruit. Right. So, so why would nature give all these resources to one individual if, if for her to keep it to herself? Mm -hmm. 
And so it, it's a very generative way to look at it at, from a, a heartful, intuitive perspective. And I, I just love to bring that forward because it's, it feels different. And tell me how, the, how, if you feel the difference, but it feels different than saying it's my responsibility because I have this. So mm -hmm. I, I'm responsible to, to share it with the world. And it just, it matters to me that, um, the subtlety of difference because the subtlety of difference touches a different aspect of what's true. It touches right. the heart in a different way. Right. I feel like, so, you know, so we have, you know, we have this gift for, for what, it, for whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And I feel like there's two, there's two ways you can do. It. I think the one is, you know, the one is, you know, certain, you know, serving people, you know, serving, serving your clientele. So like if you're in a healer capacity, you can serve them. Um, and so they're serving them. And I feel there's, there's also teach, there's also teaching and sharing it and sharing with other, and sharing with other people. And I know there are some people who will, you know, who will serve, and not really want to teach, mm. which I suppose, you know, you've got that two prong, two prong thing. But my thought is, is that if you have a gift, you know, yeah, you know, share it, you know, to, you know, to serve people, you know, to serve people too, mm -hmm. which is also why I'm doing the grief counseling. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can share that, but also it's, you know, share that to serve. But in my mind, it's also, it's also sharing to teach, to show up, to show other people, you are empowered to do this. Yeah, you can do so this good. too. So yeah. that's, you know, that, that's my, that's my take on it. It's like, yeah, you can, you know, serve, you know, serve and do it. And in the doing is that you can also teach and share. Yeah, I love it. I, I so appreciate that. And I, for, for exactly that reason, you know, it's not about being better than I'm the teacher and you're not, mm -hmm. it is really tr like truly teaching is about showing people where it already exists within them and mm -hmm. providing them the tools and empowerment to bring their awareness to their own ability so that their ability can expand. I mean, the mm -hmm. ability expands simply by bringing your awareness to it. That's Absolutely. how nature works, right? Mm -hmm. like that's, how, that's the beauty of human consciousness. Our awareness is this greatest generative creative force. Take your awareness to something, it expands. And mm -hmm. so, um, so with that then, um, let's, let's go back to the critters and the relationship between animals and human hearts. I think for a lot of people, it's obvious, you know, that mm -hmm. the animal kingdom opens our hearts. They open humans' hearts. And for other people, it's not so obvious. So tell me what that's like from from your view, your lens, you know, the difference between people that um, the love is obvious and people that it's not so obvious. So it's funny because for me, when I was little, I, you know, I always, you know, took into account, you know, how, how animals felt and their own agency and their feelings and things like that. And I always knew that they were full spectrum emotional beings. Mm -hmm. I always, I always knew that. And it always, you know, amazed me that other people didn't feel the same way <laughs> and didn't see it. Like, and as I, you know, and as, right. And as I've grown, you know, and as I've become an adult and, you know, and have, you know, and, and I've had, you know, have, have had and do have, you know, animals in my life, you know, I'll tell people, you know, I'll tell people that, you know, it's never just, ah, uh, 
you know, when the people say, oh, it's just a dog. No, it's never just, uh, and I tell, and I will tell people, I said, yeah, the next person, yeah, anybody who tells me, oh, it's just a dog or, oh, it's just a, I said, a bottle's going to get broken and someone's going to get cut. Cause that's just how passionate I am about it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so watch your mean, but it's, it's a little mean, but that, but that's where I am. But, and I've seen, I, I've, I've seen more, you know, as I've been going through this, I've seen more people who are willing to stop and be open to the fact of, you know, of animals, you know, being their own emotional, you know, being their own emotional sentient, um, you know, self-aware beings and then, you know, honoring that. And there are still the people who, again, who just don't. And so for them, I just look at them and go, oh, okay. And for some people, you can change their perspective or they're, they are willing to change their perspective. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who just are not. Mm-hmm. And I just have to be at peace that, okay, there are those people who don't, but I know, I know who I am. I know what I do. And I know, you know, the truth of the animals that are, you know, with me and around me. And also I have plenty of people who are like me too, who, you know, who feel the same way. And so we are the advocates yeah. for them. So the people that don't feel the um, the sovereignty and the purity and the the presence of animals, and and they would say, "Oh, you're full of beans. It's just a cow." Are they telling the truth? Um, for their perspective, because I think that's what they've been indoctrinated into. Um, so I, I'll get I'll give you a great example. So my mother, you know, um, my mother knows. You know, I've been in this for a while. And, you know, she's from that time where, you know, essentially dogs and cats and animals are property. And she called me one time and she was very surprised and said, because her, her friend's dog was on uh, Prozac, I think for being, for being depressed. And she called me and she said, well, can a dog get depressed? And I said, yeah, they can just like we do. And she was just floored that a dog could be depressed, that a dog had that ability to be depressed. And so it doesn't matter how many times I've told her that, you know, that dogs are thinking, feeling emotional beings (laughs) with their own opinions about the world around them. Um, You know, it still hasn't quite sunk in or, you know, I don't think she's really, she's really taken that to heart. So for some, so some people, are amazed all the time and they never cease to to be amazed. I think there's different levels of that. So, um, you know, I can't change people. I can only share them, share with them my perspective and hope that I can offer a perspective shift, you know, Mm -hmm. from their point of view, but it's one of those things that they need to experience it and really experience it and not try to explain it away as something else. Absolutely. That's the only way the expansion happens, isn't it? When people are willing to have their own experience with perhaps a different um, explanation, you know? Mm-hmm. I think not everybody is touched like, oh, oh, oh by the <laughs> animal kingdom. Many, right. many are, and many, I think, would, would say they felt touched even if there's no other humans around. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's a lot easier. Um, but everybody is touched and, and um, again, this is one of the things that is valuable to me in bringing this whole conversation forward is that every single person on the planet has a relationship 
-hmm. with animals, whether they're pets or sporting, sporting goods, or even if all somebody ever does in relation to animals is eat them. It's a Mm -hmm. very intimate relationship with animals. And that's, to me, it's valuable to bring that conversation forward to um, help reorient people to relationships. Yep. And relationships with life so that life can perpetuate life rather than looking to an economy to perpetuate life. Economy is great, but it doesn't perpetuate life. It perpetuates itself. And I could go on. That's tangent. That's a different conversation. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to ask you, coming off of that, the, the last bit that you shared, if animals are sentient feeling beings with their own opinion and their own view of life, where are what is, what is the difference between animal consciousness and human consciousness that you see? Oh, wow. Um, I get, I think. <laughs> Take your time. Metaphys- real, real metaphys- a lot of time thinking about this, so. It's, you know, it, it's a real metaphysical thing because I feel like with consciousness, I feel like, it feels like there's different, or I feel, there's different layers and different levels to it. So on the one level, just on like our basic, con- basic consciousness with, you know, what we think about and how we feel about things. Um, I feel like humans are a lot more complicated. We tend to complicate things more so than what, than what the animals do. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I feel like that's more, that's like the, the ground, the ground level of the consciousness. And then when you go, I think to upper levels where you kind where you kind of go past that, I guess you could say the ego sense, you know, that, that sense of self that humans have that complicates things. Mm-hmm. Then once I, I think once we start going, going up, you know, ethereally, more spiritually, more into the collective kind of thing, I feel like that's when, I think like that, that's when the greater harmony is. That's mm-hmm. when the greater connection is. That's when the greater dance is. Um, that's where the, you know, the handshake is mm-hmm. the, you know, the holding on the, you know, the reaching out and yes and working together kind of spiral mm. kind of thing. So that, that, that's the way I, that's the way I feel it is. Cause when we're like, when, like when we go into a minute, or at least when I go into, you know, a meditative state and just, you know, and have that, you know, that, that connection with what's, you know, with what's greater then you can still, it's spirit connecting to spirit without mm. any complication, mm. without any trappings of, yeah, but, Exactly. Right. And I love it. And I love how you're describing it that, um, so I I might change the words a little. So tell me if this describes what you're talking about. Okay. Uh But what I hear you talking about is there's, there's a band of, of frequency, a band of consciousness through which the egoic awareness travels, right. Uh And there's space, um, effectively beneath it and above it. And it beneath and above would be like lower frequency higher frequency no different than you know red is a different frequency than fuchsia right Mm -hmm. they're just different frequencies not one is better than the other they're just different and so um humans have this amazing ability to move all through the spectrum Mm -hmm. and one way that i i like to describe it is humans have the ability to go against their nature and the animal kingdom has a different consciousness than that. Right. Yeah. They don't have a consciousness that would say, oh my God, 
she thinks that my my butt looks fat. I better go hide under the bed. Right. They right. don't they don't have that self um, reprisal mm-hmm. ability, that ability to go against their heart. And um, if we let it be that simple, it starts to get easier to experience the absence of judgment because mm-hmm. going against ourselves is that that judgment part that says oh something should be better than it is something could be better than it is and mm. the- i'm gonna actually challenge a little bit on that just because it, it just especially just around around the word judgment because okay. i because i truly feel we can stand and listen without judgment Absolutely. We can, create, we can create a safe space and be, we can be without judgment. I think we, I think we have, I think we are more prone to judgment because of our environment, you know, because of the things that say, oh, it's not, it's not, this, if it's not this, therefore it must be this. <laughs> yes. And so I think there's still that part of us that, that will do that. But I don't think that's our, I don't think it's our true I don't think it's our true nature to be judgmental. I think it's there. I think the judgmental works off of the insecurity that then gets played on by other outside, you know, outside influences. So I think when you, when you come into the true nature of us, you know, as beings, um, I think it's absolutely possible to be, to be non-judgmental. Thank you so much for articulating that. And that's, that's my point exactly. That is that through the connection with the animal kingdom, we can know that part of ourselves because mm-hmm. that that judge that capacity to judge is relatively contained within that band of frequency that is operated by the ego mind that says, Oh my god, is it good enough? Am I good enough? What if I'm not? And mm-hmm. when we transcend that or when we venture beyond that band of suggestion that's when what i see is humans can be in the place that is common to all the rest of life right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so will you talk then about um what it's like when you connect on this communication level and how is it different having compassion for animals than it is having compassion for people? Uh, it's, it's different now. Um, you, you know, mean? when, um, you, it used to, you know, cause it used to be that very much I would say, you know, Oh, well, I, I hate people. You know, that's why I work with animals. Cause I much prefer animals. You know, they're always, always honest. Yeah. And what I've, you know, and what I've learned, you know, during the course of, of this journey is that, you know, you have to have compassion for people. So, I've learned that even though I might have my, I might have my preference in my, you know, in my compassion and the connection with the animals, because that's, that's all there. That's a really natural thing for me, thing for me to do for people. Yeah. For people it's, it's different. It seems to be a little bit, I don't even have the right word for it. It's, um, I can still have compassion for, you know, for people when they are with, when they're with their pets and they are willing to work with them. If they're not, it is harder for me to be compassionate mm-hmm. um, if they don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. So if the person is willing to listen, 
then and ha you know and and at least have a conversation then it's e it's easier to be you know to be compassionate for them in terms of being compassionate for people as a whole that's a little bit harder for me because i have a hard time with the injustice and the cruelties that people tend to do to each other as well as you know as, as well as to animals and animals don't do that to each other yeah and people can say oh well what about you know what about the cat who just likes to torture that mouse over there well you know what that's a barn cat that's what they do that's their nature to do it and i can't you know that's not for me to inter to interfere with do I have compassion for the mouse sure Mm. Thank you, you know. so much. Thank you so much for your openness and honesty about that. It's it's so important to me to talk about that and just put it out there because I think the vast majority of people have a hard time feeling compassionate for other humans. Yeah. And, and yet the animal kingdom shows up with no judgment. Right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're being human. I love you. I don't know why you're doing that, but I love you, you know? And it's it is it's profound to be to be among animals and even entertain that that place of no judgment is what's common between us but then it's so beautiful and thank you again it's so beautiful to acknowledge well in my humanness i still have judgment it's still hard oh sure it? and um but it's so it's so kind to admit that it's, it's kind to everybody to admit that and it even goes to a deeper level because since i've been on the um since i've been on the um crap sorry um since i've been on the uh should i put my phone on do not disturb sorry since i've been on this journey of um since i've been on this journey especially with the pet loss grief counseling yeah. and becoming a pet loss grief counselor um, there's even a greater, you know, that, that greater sense, you know, of compassion for the, you know, for the person who is grieving. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so your heart has to go out and be open and hold and hold a very sacred space mm -hmm. and a safe space of, you know, of, of non-judgment. So in, you know, in doing that and in doing this journey, so I feel like I softened a little bit more mm -hmm. and have had a little, a little bit more compassion for some people. So I try not to knee jerk reaction, you know, cause, um, human you know i've got those things too and if i do need jerk reaction then i'll take that breath and go <sighs> okay i have a knee jerk reaction what else is going on here mm -hmm. and i think that that takes a lot of self-awareness for other people yeah. to do to not knee jerk reaction so much yeah. um and that's a whole other tangent talk in and of itself of knee jerk and reaction to things like um yeah <laughs> so then how opening our hearts to listening to the animals differently or more or exploring what it might be to be a human without judgment. It's a tender journey, right? So, mm -hmm. um, will you share a little bit about like why you, you kept going forward with it when it is, you know, difficult and how did, how, why, how did the animals and connecting with the animals hearts assist you specifically? Um, to continue to open your heart to other humans. Uh, wow, that's that's it's a it's a really deep it's a deeper kind of journey um, because when I first started wanting to communicate with animals, I just wanted to communicate with my own dogs. I knew they were they were looking at me, and I knew they were saying something, and I didn't quite get it. So yeah. I so I learned, and through 
learning with them and also having my own grief experience with them. Um, I learned a lot from my animals who had passed. Um, like one of my dogs, um, Duchess, after she, after she had passed, you know, I had a dream, you know, we kept her ashes on the mantle and she came to me in a dream and she led me to a box and opened up the box and the box was empty. So my lesson for her from her was that I'm not in that box. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, honey. And then, and, and then, you know, and then later, and then later on, you know, when I was, you know, when I was still, you know, when I was an assistant instructor um, at Equisage, you know, teaching massage, cause that was my first, you know, my first, you know, profession, if you will, with, with animals was doing massage. And I witnessed a horse pass due to colic. And that was the first time I had ever witnessed that. And just like those few moments were just really just playing over in my head. And I felt this presence, you know, the head, his, you know, the horse's head just over my shoulder saying, please don't remember me like that. That's not how I lived. And I was like, okay, honey, you know, I'm just <laughs> crying and saying, okay, honey, I'm going to work on doing better. So those moments, those moments of working with them both in, in life and even after you know, and being, you know, and having the grief experience, like, okay, I've gone through this, and I know how bad this hurts. And I also know how much society does not put a value on when an animal passes, who is, a, who has become a family member. And so through that, and wanting just to learn to be a better counselor to people, because it was, because I think at some point, that was when I, that was when I realized that, oh, okay, yeah, other people like me, need me, and or at least need the non-judgment they need someone to hold the safe space for them and so I said okay that's the difference not so much that I hate people but I hate that cruelty I hate that indifference but if I can make it if I can make a difference and be a lighthouse mm -hmm. for people then that would be the better the better service um and then of course spirit pretty much pushed on me and said you need to be a grief counselor and after that short discussion, I said, okay, yes, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned to not argue. Right? Yeah, because when spirit tells you to do, do something, you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope I, that answered your question. I just kind of... No, it's off. beautiful. It, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, because what, when you're sharing, you're, you're sharing the feeling of purity of the journey. And in in these conversations that's why i didn't want it to be like interview i just want to talk about stuff that we both know that doesn't get drawn out all the time and mm -hmm. lots of people know but it doesn't get drawn out all the time and it's hard for a lot of people to talk about in everyday life um and so it becomes a mystery and a frustration and my my suggestion and offering and, and invitation is um, to explore what feels re real and true to you. Mm -hmm. And the animal kingdom in their, just their beingness and their presence are in that beingness all the time. So yep. let's not, let's play with not complicating it too much for a bit. And what if we let it be as simple as the animals, you know, their first communication is, here's how it feels to be me. Yep. And that's it. And what if it's that simple? And then, of course, because we have this cognitive ability, we can color it with other concepts and associations and meanings. 
But if we always start with, here's how it feels. And we start receiving the animals. Do you like, do you like my friend back here? We start receiving yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that picture back there. <laughs> um, on a level that they're communicating how life feels to them. Mm -hmm. It opens our capacity and willingness to feel. And that's where compassion can happen. That's mm -hmm. where compassion lives. Right? Mm -hmm. And the big thing also, one of the things that I've heard time and time again from, you know, from the animals for their people is they want them to have fun and have fun like they do, mm -hmm. you know, have fun yes. like they do in this world. Cause people don't, I feel like people have started to have begun to lose the ability to just have a natural fun, whatever, what I call lifts their spark, you mm -hmm. know, whatever brings them joy and people, we need to do that more, I think, to, you know, to get back, because that's a big thing that the animals have been, have been, you know, teaching me and, te and teaching people. And I'm, and I know, I know I'm not the first one to say this, but the big, the big message is, you know, have fun, you know, have fun like we do. So yeah, so to your point of, you know, experiencing life and what life is like to be them, it's like, okay, you know, yeah, let's, let's just have that, you know, have that moment where you're just sitting and being at peace and just having that lovely ebb and flow, you know, of energy. And what is it like to be you? And let's, you know, let's have fun, you know, yeah, let's have fun and let's, and let's pay attention to this fun, you know, without complicating it, just enjoying it for what it is. I love it. And starting from there. Yeah. Bernie was with me for 14 years and he was a shepherd hound, amazing, like best dog ever. I don't care what anybody says. It was Bernie. Bernie's the best dog, right? Um, he, he basically parented me through my 20s and when when it was clear that he was on his way out like the body just wasn't going to be serving him anymore right um i asked him you know I'd, i had asked this question so many times on behalf of others and and i finally asked it for myself like before you go what do you, what do you want me to get what do you, what is it you've been trying to tell me that i haven't gotten yet and it was very very simple it was it was literally, you know, like you say, the horse came over here. It, Bernie just came right in here, his whole presence, and, and completely embraced me and, and said, see yourself the way I see you. That was, that was the whole thing. And I'm so grateful that I was relaxed enough to get it, to hear it to really mm -hmm. receive it because it was, it was also at a time where things were very tumultuous in my yeah. own life. And, um, that, I, that is, um, a gift that never ends. And yeah. it's a gift that only expands into how I can be with others. And like you're saying, you know, people, when people get ourselves all, all busy and, complicated the animals are still demonstrating that lots of weird things can be happening but you know what it still feels good to roll in the grass mm -hmm. it, it yes. basically changes everything to roll mm -hmm. in the grass roll in the grass get your feet in the mud yep playing dirt yes exactly get dirty and then laugh about it yes you know? and it's just true and the willingness to see that perspective and to um, feel, to experience that perspective 
it, it takes us beyond that band of consciousness where all the judgment happens. And mm -hmm. it, it literally, it feels different in your body, doesn't it? It's a different felt experience when, when you're operating beyond judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it is, it's a great, it is, it's a wonderful experience. And especially when you can just let go, mm -hmm. you know, when you can just let go of that, when you can enjoy, um, you know, like digging in the dirt and just for me, for me, digging in the dirt and smelling the dirt and smelling the earth and having it on my hands just feels wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, my dog enjoys it too. When I watch him, you know, roll, you know, roll on the grass and just, you know, <laughs> scratch his back. And it's just the most, and it's the cutest thing ever. And it's the most joyful thing. Um, just like, you know, when you, when I see my horse and he wants, and he wants to roll or he just has this little squeal and he takes off on a little canter, you know, in his, you know, in his pasture, there's just that joy. And, and I always look at my horse and I say, you know, I, I'm working on being, being that person that you need me to be, mm. that he, that I know that I, I, I know what he sees and I know that I need to work on getting there because there's a lot of, you know, peeling off of layers and mm. coming and coming back to true and just being, you know, having fun and still being solid and, and still being grounded and just all of that. Yeah. I think there's this mental interpretation that if we let go, as you say, like, am I still even going to exist? What does let go mean? You know, and mm -hmm. that's just the, the ego and the insecurity, but that like, sure. like let's honor that. Right. Because it's there. It doesn't need to be macheted out of existence. Right. And in fact, will quiet itself right down once it knows it's not the bad guy. You go, well, of course, of course you're afraid. Right? Mm -hmm. And this is why this is where animals are so wonderful for people. Animals don't bring machetes to our ego. Well, sometimes in a way they do, but they <laughs> but they're not they're not attacking for the sake of attacking. They are if it feels like an animal's pushing on our ego, it's very much because the behind the behavior is a knowing that that's not who you really are. Mm -hmm. So let's push this to a head so you can see your choice to look at it. And right. either, either fight to keep it or let go and experience yourself the way we see you. Right. And letting go, it's not an all or nothing thing. You know, again, I think, you know, we're back at that, you know, the whole binary, you know, it either is or isn't right. you know, kind of thing. And it's, yeah, right. <laughs> and you can, and you can still do that. You can still let go without losing yourself, hmm. you know, and I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people don't quite, don't quite get that because animals will do like, and, and also along, along this path there are some animals that come into people's lives that are unlike anything they've ever experienced. And they are there specifically to shake things up, to absolutely shake things up and to cause a difference and to help bring them out of whatever funk, whatever rut these people have been in. And so now it's time for this animal to help bring them out of it. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's what, you know, our own dog, that's what, that's what Rocky's done. And that's what he continues to do for us. Yeah. So. Oh, it's so great. And it, it's all a conversation from the heart toward the heart. And when we let ourselves, like, like we were saying before, come back to that simplicity, the heart space is the place that doesn't operate in judgment that is common to all of life. It is that the, the place where harmony is already existing. Yep. 
you know, and you said something, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but it made me want to come back to that, that point that we don't have to try to achieve harmony. You can, you can work that way and, you know, work toward it, work toward it, or you can let yourself come to recognize where it already exists, just like your ability to communicate, Mm -hmm. recognize that feeling, the fact that you can shift your perspective, tune your awareness and become aware of the presence of harmony. You can Mm -hmm. feel love. That's another way of saying it. The presence of harmony, you can feel love. You don't have anything to chase. Reorganize your awareness and let yourself become aware of where it already exists and it will only expand. And I think that's just one of the greatest gifts that the animal kingdom is to humanity and, and to life in general. Is that? Oh, absolutely. Presence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so is there, I am now aware of the time. Is there anything else that you would like to say or add before we wrap up? I'm so grateful for the conversation and your, your beautiful awareness and your ability to articulate your awareness. It's really special. And I so appreciate you sharing all of that. Thank you. Thank you. And saying, you know, I'm, I feel like, I feel like our conversations just got, just gotten started and that we could just, you know, talk forever. Cause I know I could talk forever about, you know, about this too, and just go on <laughs> with so many, so many different levels and so many different layers and prongs and branches and things like that. So, but, but also, but thank you for having, you know, for having this podcast to allow, you know, and have the space for the, you know, these conversations. Um, because I think it's also an important thing for people, for people to take a break and, you know, listen to and think about. So, you know, so thank you for that. Um, wow. Anything else to add? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I just, you know, I've always, you know, I always have the mission of, you know, for people, you know, and I always want people to be able to listen. You know, I think somewhere out there, there's a quote that the animal communication, the animal kingdom is always communicating with us if we're just willing to be quiet enough to listen. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and that, and that goes for people too, because people are animals too. We're full, you know, everybody's full spectrum emotional beings. And if we could just be quiet enough to listen to each other and listen from, you know, from that place of, you know, of the heart, not just what's all going on, going on up here, but you know, what's truly going on and listen, then, then I feel that we would be further along or have just a much better, much, you know, create a better space for you know for all of us too yeah thank you so much for saying that that's a whole other conversation too (laughs) listening i think is is one of if not my very favorite thing on the planet because that's where healing and regeneration can happen that's what lets us express ourselves is when there is a listening that beckons us forward and Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh, yes, yes, yes to all of that. Yes, and more. <laughs> um, Holly, thank you so very much. I I look forward to doing this again together because I think, as you said, there are so many facets, and um, at different times, different facets are going to speak to people in different ways. So, mm-hmm. um, so again, thank you for your levels of mastery, for sharing, for assisting, and um, and having the courage to walk toward compassion for yourself and humanity side by side with the animal kingdom. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I look at you with an open heart and say
With your spirit in the air and your feet on the 